0: From the Dave Campbell's Texas football mothership in beautiful Louisville, Texas, coming to you through the miracle of the internet, is Texas football today a show. I feel like we don't talk enough that this show is live. Like we, like there are taped segments on this show, but we have done eight, this is the 842nd episode and they've almost all been live, which is crazy. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there in the jump seat, sweatered. It's Ashley Pickle.
1: I learned my lesson. It was way too cold in here yesterday. It's like I had on like three jackets. I need to bring a blanket. Well, so look, I was like, I'm gonna sweater
0: up today. It's undoubtedly Shahan J Raj is here. Um hey. there he is. It is undoubtedly sweater se- hoodie season. It is. And so my favorite time of year. It, hoodie season is is, yes. is the best season. Yes. it's the best. Wo- uh, let me rephrase. It is the best. <laughs>
2: um, Yes. Where uh, are you going clothing, with this? Uh, Clothing season. Yeah. Yeah. Summer is still better than. No, it's than, not. Yes. It's no. Yeah, oh, he, yeah, it is. No, no, no. It's not. Okay, here. This is a hill that I'll die on. Here we go. And here with a hill that I'll die on is <laughs> Shahan <not>. <laughs> I mean, granted, we live in Texas. That's part of it. Summer, we only think of as good because we got school off. That's it. It's uh, okay. a terrible Counterpoint. Season.
0: Oh. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Uh, yeah. We still get summers off. <laughs> Fair. That's one of the amazing yeah. things about this job is, <laughs> that because, is that, like, in a lot of ways, <laughs> Yeah. Our our, right. our dumb jobs line up with our old school. Like the, mm-hmm. My wife's a teacher, yep. and our things line up really well. That, yeah. like, we both get – like like. we like, I, that's, she that's gets pretty done with good. class, that's pretty good. I get done with magazine, and then we, we
2: have kind of a summer off. And then, by the way, football season ends for the high school ranks, <laughs> right.
0: and then it's Christmas break.
2: Right, right, right. Well, I have both season, to be fair. But, you do uh, have bowl season. Uh, but, okay. but uh, no, I mean, okay, fair, fair. I mean, we do get time off, but like the reason that they get time off is because – nobody wants to do anything because it's so hot it's so no, miserable
1: no you it's get awful. to go to the pool you, a- you live by a-, a lake okay so get, you- i'm a big outdoors person so i hate the cold like i so love you can going get outside wet,
2: and if you're not wet yes. it's terrible it's terrible it's it's awful. This is a football
0: show. <laughs> I just think I, I always think it's I always picture the person like tuning in for the first time who's just like you know my friend told me about this great internet show Texas football day this great podcast I downloaded the first fifteen minutes are just like no summers bright <laughs> yeah you know what
2: I uh, hate
1: being cold I would way rather sweat than be oh, well, cold that's
2: no that's 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 not up for debate. Hot is better than cold. Yes, you can absolutely. put on jackets. You can't do anything no. if you're hot. No. You no. can okay. jump
0: in a pool. Like you want to look said. at the attendance
2: of Week Two college football games my
0: at two thirty. My father <laughs> is from Chicago. He's a Southsider. Um, 171st in Pulaski. Um, <laughs> he had, and so he grew up in the cold. Yeah, yeah. he was, he was born into it, right? <laughs> He's the bane of the cold, right? And he brought, he brought up something that I'll never forget. He goes, the thing about hot is that hot is uncomfortable, but cold is painful.
2: Yes, it hurts. <sighs> but again, you can do things about cold that you can't do about hot. No,
1: even, even sideline you reporting. More, like, I would rather sweat. More yeah.
2: activities
0: are available to you when you're hot. Let's get to football. Let's get to football. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019, <laughs> 37 days till Thanksgiving, episode 842, 842, the number of play appearances for Gary Patterson illustrious Tex Texas Rangers career. Shahan's here. We're going to talk college football. Then we got the coach of the week, the assistant coach of the week, and then we got Craigway, the tech, tech football hall of famer. The end of the show. I do want to point out that that <laughs> Shahan, very casually, as the opening credits were rolling, just like unzipped his hoodie, basketball <laughs> is like, here. we go, basketballs here. Basketball's He's wearing. Here. Who's three on the bulls?
2: Uh Well, so so this is actually a <laughs> short story. Uh. No, I, we're not
1: getting to football today seems like a, seems <laughs> If like you want to see football Turn off this show because you're like not a, seeing it Seems
2: like a call and response question but okay <laughs> uh, The short answer is Doug McDermott uh, The oh long answer is that I own about eight Chicago Bulls Jersey shirts um, Several of which don't fit me anymore Jerseys. And zero of them have active players Because the Bulls have had so much roster turnover. Mine are
0: Mine is very simple, I'll do the same thing See I've got Lee Harvey Oswald on mine So there we go The Texas Theater shirt
2: that's certainly a decision. Texas.
0: Do you know the history? Do you know why he's on the Texas Theater shirt?
2: That's where he was captured. Well,
0: Lee Harvey Oswald went to Oak Cliff. He tried to escape into a theater where they were watching Wars
2: Hell, and then he was captured. That was actually after he murdered. I, I mean, like if I go visit Pakistan, I don't walk out being like, "Here's my Osama bin Laden shirt." It's no, I'm <laughs> celebrating his capture. I'm celebrating, oh, we need so many soundboard options. I'm <laughs> celebrating a
0: fugitive brought to justice. That's what I'm... I'm celebrating police. I back in the blue. <laughs> uh, we stand Let's the not troops. Today.
2: Let's not do this today.
0: <laughs> Still no football. We're
1: not doing football today. I, I just want everyone to know John that. Shahan
0: J. Rogers here, College Football Insider. Uh, talking college football. You can see his fine work at TexasFootball.com. And of course, listen to the Republic
2: of Football, uh, our college football podcast. Uh, Jacob John jumps in to say, both Doug McDermott and Lee Harvey Oswald are shooters.
0: Undeniable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's actually get into college football. Uh, it was a weekend Cheered of college
0: Lord. football. You, you were you stayed local. You went to uh, you went to the Hilltop, <laughs> to SMU, right? Yeah. You went to SMU. Um, my overall takeaways was going into that game with uh, yeah. with Temple. I felt like they were the better team, mm-hmm. and they were at home. Yeah, the only thing that could stop them would be all of those mental things of like, like, oh, how do they
2: play as a front runner? How do they play right, after the yeah, bye? Like that. Right. It seemed like they answered a lot of questions. Saturday. Well, here's the thing, is that SMU has been favored in a lot of games this year. Um, and with Temple coming to town, Temple was fresh off of beating Memphis, the team that we kind of thought was going to be the team from the American Athletic Conference. So, you know, I mean, we picked them before the year to maybe go undefeated. You know, we were very high on that Memphis team and Temple went there and beat them uh, pretty convincingly. Um, and so... Then you go into this week's game, and SMU's played pretty well as a favorite. That's the one thing that you say. I mean, the, the one ex- exception, obviously, is that Tulsa game. But but when they've been in big environments, when they've played big games, they've played pretty well. You look at their game against North Texas where they go out and kill them. You go g- see mm-hmm. that game against TCU where they go out and the final score is three points, and it's nowhere near that close. It was not that close of a ball game. Um, you know, SMU's played well when uh, they've needed to play well. And so you go into this Temple game, and Sonny Dyke said after the game, I think that this is their best uh, overall performance of the season, just on both sides of the ball. Um, I was very impressed by them, because, you know, they, they mentioned it, but... They held Temple's offense underwater, and Temple doesn't have a great mm-hmm. offense, but they held them underwater. They have a competent offense. They have a good offense, yeah. and I th- they I think they had under 300 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, obviously uh, SMU exploding for like 650 yards of offense. Shane Bouchelle throwing for a career high of 457 yards, six touchdowns. Reggie Robertson's eight catches for 250 yards, uh, three touchdowns, and and. Temple is known for their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in fact, their their cornerback Harrison Hand was like a recently named defensive player of the week, and Reggie Robertson took his soul. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was just an incredible overall effort. It
0: felt like a coming out party. It yeah. was like, yeah, they were six and zero, but yeah. like I think there was, and I don't think they were necessarily in this office. I think we had pretty much bought in on us yeah, as a yeah, yeah. team. But I think that there were people around the nation who were like, okay, we want to see more. We want to see more. We want to see a dominant effort. And that was – I mean, that's about as, as dominant as you can expect uh, aside from a
2: 73 nothing game, which is just not going to happen if you're right. not playing,
0: you know, UConn. Right,
2: right. No, and and that's the thing is like even though the final score was closer than the game actually was and the final score was 45-21, to 21, mm-hmm. you know, and so to go at home – um, you know, especially after what happened against Tulsa, you know, to come out so focused and for Shane Bouchel to have the game that he had, uh, just dicing them up everywhere. I mean, it was as impressive of an important uh, performance rather as as you have seen from them this season. And and look, I mean, I think that the big question for them heading into the year was obviously depth too. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think that that's always going to be a question for for American Athletic Conference teams. Um, but now at this point, I mean, they lost their top linebacker, Richard Moore, and they haven't missed a beat on that on the defensive side of the ball. Richard McBride and Auburn transfer has stepped in and been tremendous for them. So, uh, you know, and Patrick Nelson is starting to look like a potential defense player of the year and the conference nominee. Like, they just have so many guys. Um, you know, a lot of teams rely on, you know, an Ed Oliver, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they rely on a D'Eric King to kind of create things. But the thing that's really special about this SMU team is that across the board, offensive line, skill position, quarterback, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. Every level, they've got playmakers, yeah. and that's something that's pretty rare for a team playing in the group of five.
0: The other undefeated team in the state of Texas is is Baylor. They go up to Stillwater, which has been a house of horrors for them, <laughs> Yeah, and and play, and I'm sure if you agree, that felt like their most complete game, a, yeah. a, not including... They play Abilene Christian, or no? They play Stephen F. Austin. Not a, against a, an FBS opponent. Right. That felt like well, their most com- UTSA, well. UTSa UTSa too, but m- not their most. That, <laughs> that felt like their most. Right. Um, their most complete performance of the year.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, they did a good job of causing issues for Spencer Sanders, and and I think that that was going to be a big key to this game. Was you know you saw Oklahoma State play Texas Tech a few weeks ago, and the thing that really took them down was when Broderick Washington could get there and Eli Howard could get there. Um, you know, and, and I think that we thought that Baylor with James Lynch especially was going to be able to get there, but some really strong performances across the board on their defense. Uh, Terrell Bernard stepping in, a redshirt freshman from Laporte, he stepped in uh, for Clay Johnston and played really, really well, I thought. And on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they've been pretty consistent. They averaged 9.9 yards per play on, uh, on Saturday, which mm-hmm. is tremendous, obviously. Jamichael Hasty, the former Longview Lobo had a really big sort of breakout game for him this senior year. Um, they were just strong across the board. And, you know, when Matt Rule got here, he talked about, I want to be an offense that is explosive, but is also ball control. And that's kind of a paradox, right? I mean, that's kind of something that seems at odds with each other, but you saw what that was on Saturday. You know, J. michael Hasty breaking away for big plays, to Thornton big, breaking away for big plays, Josh Fleek's uh, breaking away for big plays, but still holding on to the ball, limiting the amount of plays. Uh, I, I mean, I think that really more than anything on Saturday, we saw exactly what a Matt Rule team is supposed to look like, and to do it in a place that, you know, you mentioned. I mean, they've had one win there since 1939. This yeah. was the biggest win, 18 points. This was the biggest win that Baylor's ever had in Stillwater, dating back to the you know 30s. 1910s. Yeah. You know, so, so this was a big win in a place that Baylor does not succeed yeah. And uh, and I think you just have to be impressed. So then there's you know there's there's a couple other places we could go, but but we'll
0: I'll, I'll focus on two teams that I would say one narrowly avoided disaster, yeah. and one narrowly narrowly avoided relative disaster. Yeah. We'll start with the relative disaster, which was it would have not have been good if a had gone to Ole Miss and lost to that Rebels team. Right, Ole Miss has been good in the past. Yeah, they are not a good team right now. Right, a And kind of played with their food a little bit yeah wins are wins and you don't get style points it just goes in the in the the left hand column but but I watch a lot of that game and and it just it felt like a sloppy performance
2: yeah I I think that the one thing that's always going to be concerning to me is just Kellen Mond is so much worse on the road than he is at home Mm. and Grant Kyle Field is a great place to play Mm -hmm. you know College Station's a great college town I mean they do a good job of supporting their team but just the levels of difference of performance is sometimes unbelievable for me you know and and that's not just mont too i mean that's a&m across the board i mean you see what they did last year against clemson at home versus clemson on the road they were complete non-factor you see what they did against alabama at home putting up some points at least you know having a decent performance uh and then go on the road and really have nothing when you go to ole miss a a team that's obviously significantly worse than alabama Mm -hmm. um you know and that's that's one of the reasons why, when you looked at the schedule, them having three of their four toughest games on the road, that was always going to be troublesome. And, um, and you still have Georgia left on the schedule. You still have LSU left on the schedule. And, and you mentioned, I mean, if they lost this game, all of a sudden, we are really, really talking about bowl eligibility. Yeah, we're trying to count to six. Right, because there's still a game against South Carolina that could go haywire. They're still game against Mississippi State. They haven't been very good this year, but that could go haywire. Um, and that doesn't even count, obviously, the two sort of scheduled losses that you have. So mm-hmm. they really, really needed to have this game. And um, I, I don't think that you can be super encouraged by what you saw. And, and again, I mean, not that there's anything super negative to take away either, but... It's a win. It's and the defense win. played... I thought the defense stepped The defense up. played well. Yeah, the defense I mean, they had a touchdown. That was mm-hmm. the difference in the game.
0: There's the other side of it. Uh, the other, right. the, uh, On the other hand, a defense that didn't play well... Right. Uh, ...was Texas. Texas plays Kansas right. at home on Longhorn Network... Yes. ...and needs a literal walk-off field goal to right. beat them. Um, and it's just... It's time to start talking about this Texas defense as, like liability especially
1: yeah. for someone who considers themselves dbu well and it's just <laughs>
0: to me the, the biggest thing is that we thought this defense was going to be pretty darn good coming right. into the year and
2: the bottom line is it's not just not pretty darn good right it's borderline n- bad let's give a little bit of credit to demarvian overshone mm-hmm. who is the mm-hmm. one reliable player on that defense <laughs> right mm-hmm. now him and joseph osai especially with brandon jones going out but overall man it, it's just bad uh like you can't give up 49 points, or sorry, 48 points to Kansas. You just can't. No. You know, I mean, that's just, I understand they've got a new offense coordinator. I understand that they have a rejuvenated offense. They've got a running back who's legitimately very good. But to give up 48 points to Kansas, I just, at home, at home too. I mean, you know, we have all the jokes about Texas losing to Kansas in uh, in Manhattan a few years ago. And remember, that loss was so bad that it eventually led to Charlie Strong being fired. And for a Texas team that came into the year with, title aspirations mm-hmm. with playoff aspirations that you know still a top 15 ranking to struggle the way that they did against a Kansas team that really has one positive data point over the past like four years mm-hmm. I mean come on What well, I just you have to have more and I understand again I understand that like Texas is reeling a little bit I understand that it's you know coming off of an emotional performance against Oklahoma there, there's a lot of factors and the reality is too I mean Sam Ellinger stepped up and proved He's that dude, you know, made some plays down mm-hmm. the field, set him up for a field goal. But, I mean, Texas should have lost his game. Like, Texas yeah. was clearly mm-hmm. the worst team. And uh, to do that against Kansas, man, I, I just I, – I think that all of a sudden, you know, we've kind of slotted Texas as the number two team in the Big 12, kind of assumed that they're going to play Oklahoma in the title game. And I – right now, I mean, could you have them higher than four? Because I don't know how you can see them right at this moment as, as better than Baylor-Iowa State. yeah. It's it's interesting. It's a
0: it 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 was not a good result. Um, uh, again, it goes in the left hand column. It goes it goes as as a win. Um, but I know you'll be in Fort Worth this weekend for uh, TCU and Texas, which is suddenly very very interesting game. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's a weird one, right? Because I think that whoever loses this game, like I don't want to say their season's over by any means, but Mm -hmm. like what they wanted to do is over, Mm -hmm. you know? Because TCU, if they lose this game, like they're not making a bowl game, right? And and like tcu should lose this game obviously i mean they should be the worst team than Texas. but if texas loses to tcu this tcu that can't throw the ball at all i mean that is a really really yeah. bad sign for for how this season's gonna go and we always said you know when you replace that many cornerbacks when you replace that many defensive backs it's always gonna take time mm-hmm. uh, i mean 2020 was kind of more the year that we were looking at as sort of the real jump but after going to the big 12 title game last year mm-hmm. after winning 10 games that mm-hmm. sure doesn't seem to be on the table anymore He's Shahan J. Raja. Uh, He needs your
0: support because he's wearing a Doug McDermott jersey on (laughs) purpose. Follow him on Twitter at Shahan J. Raja. Exactly how it sounds. Yes, spelled exactly like it sounds. Uh, Shahan, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Listen to Republican football, too. I'm supposed to tell you that. Listen to that. It's a podcast. (laughs) We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbell's, and of course, see us at texasfootball.com. texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out texasfootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com, including, I believe, coming today? Question mark. Uh, either today or tomorrow. I can say that com- confidently. Yeah. Either today or tomorrow. Playoff projections. Dun, dun, dun. Texas high school football playoff projections. Every bracket projected. So check that out. TexasFootball.com slash insider to bring up Dave Campbell's TexasFootball Insider. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with the Visit Fort Worth is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 8 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jerry Edwards from Killeen Harker Heights. After starting the season 0-4 and 0-2 in 12-6A play, many had written off the Knights, but Edwards' squad had other ideas, pulling off a big upset, including their fourth straight win, 17-14 over Hewitt Midway. In 5A, Hugh Sandifer from Abilene-Whiteley. The long nightmare is over for Sandifer's Abilene-Whiteley Bulldogs as they snapped an 18-game losing streak on the road Thursday night with a 21-14 win over Wichita Falls. In 4A, Matt Nally from Melissa. The Cardinals wrote a terrific defensive effort and some heroics from quarterback Brendan Lewis to a terrific, impressive 29-17 victory over Salina. Yeah, we had to change
1: it. I was six and say that is not what I had on my sheet over here, mister. Let's Mr.
0: skip to 3A. In 3A, Marcus <laughs> Gates from Dallas-Madison. Coach Gates' squad has managed to fly under the radar for the most part in 3A Division 1, but at 6-1 and 2-0 in district play, the Trojans are no longer off the map as they roll to an impressive 53-7 win over Kemp. In 2A, Kyle Little from Harleton, After winning just four games in the past three years, most Harlton fans would have been happy with a five hundred record in first year coach Kyle Little, but Coach Little and his Wildcats had other ideas flying to a 28-13 win over Perennial Power Tenaha. And in 1A, Toby Goodwin from Ira. The Bulldogs showed their might against district rival Spur, outscoring them 30-6 to in the second half to pull away for a 54-24 victory. So those are your Week 8 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Visit. Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jerry Edwards from Kaleen Harker Heights. In 5A, Hugh Sandifer from Abilene Wiley. In 4A, Matt Nally from Melissa. In 3A, Marcus Gates from Dallas-Madison. In 2A, Kyle Little from Harleton. And in 1A, Toby Goodwin from Ira. Congratulations to all the coaches. We salute you for more information. Visit texasfootball.com. Com. Dairy Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches across the state for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let the fans decide the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 8 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees Lindsay Offense Coordinator Zach Birdwell. The Knights' high-powered passing attack keeps rolling, scoring 56 or more points for the third consecutive week in a 63-0 romp over Olney. El Paso Eastlake Defensive Coordinator Javier Escobedo. The Falcons pitched their first shutout since 2017, dominating district rival El Paso Chapin, 29-0. Tomball Memorial Offense Coordinator Jim Woodard. The Wildcats exploded for 731 yards, an astonishing 9.8 yards per play. And a school record 73 points in a wild 73-70 win over Cy Lakes. And Anderson Shiro Defensive Coordinator Bill Cowley. The Owls' defense was superb against New Waverly, holding them to just 199 total yards and a 40-7 victory. So those are your Week 8 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Dairy Max built by Choco Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Lindsey Offensive Coordinator Zach Birdwell. El Paso Eastlake Defensive Coordinator Javier Escobedo. Tom Ball Memorial Office Coordinator Jim Woodard and Anderson Shiro Defense Coordinator Bill Cowley. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF it's twitter.com slash DCTF and find more information at texasfootball.com
1: You know, if I was an athlete and was able to ever get sponsored by something, I hope it would be built by Chocolate Milk because I am a big Chocolate Milk fan That was my random thought for the day Are you, You're trying, welcome.
0: To, are you trying to like carve out a little part of this deal for you? Yeah, like,
1: hey <laughs> hook me up with some uh, Chocolate Milk I love chocolate milk. We could milk. probably...
0: They've brought us chocolate milk before.
1: Okay, well, uh, you can keep your uh, Topo Chico with your extra fizz. Let's not and, alienate potential sponsors. And I will... Uh, I'll take the chocolate milk. That's fine.
0: Cool. Well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, mean, I like chocolate milk, too. It's very good. And excellent recovery beverage.
1: Did you, uh, did you ever think when you were little that chocolate milk came from a brown cow instead of like a normal-looking dairy cow? No. That was a big thing in elementary school?
0: I No, I was always smart.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't say I thought it. I just said that, that it was. <laughs> anyway. Well, it
0: sounds like some backpedaling. Have you considered a career as a cornerback? Mm. Just- we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage, high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package. Two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content, TexasFootball.com, all sorts of good stuff at TexasFootball.com, including, went up last night, New episode of Tep and Step. That's right. Your week nine preview edition of Teppin' and Step, our premium high school football podcast. Matt Step and I sat here in these very chairs here and in that chair right there. Uh, and we nerded out for about 75 minutes. Let me make sure. Um, we nerded out for about 75 minutes. So if you want a mega preview of week nine of the Texas high school football season, uh, check it out at texasfootballcom slash insiders for insiders only. We also have bonus editions of Republic of football Uh, We're working on the recruiting edition, which comes out first week in December. Um, We send to press in the middle of November. I'm working on that right now. So if I look tired, that's why. It's also because I'm tired, just generally. We're getting Craigway on the phone, so don't worry. I have nothing else to say to you guys. Sorry. We good? What were you saying over there? Nothing. All right. Saying very nice things about my producer. Oh, I I doubt it. (laughs) Let's go to the hotline and bring in the voice of the Texas Longhorns. He called Cameron Dicker's game-winning field goal on uh, Saturday night. Uh, But you probably even more know him as uh, the Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer, my co-host on High School School Board Live on Friday nights on Fox Sports Southwest. It is Craig Way, who um, you've you've now called from, from the high school ranks to the college ranks uh, you've called your fair number of buzzer beaters, it seems like, in, in recent in recent years.
3: That's worked out pretty well. Uh, you don't ever exactly plan for those things. And uh, the one thing I learned over time, Tep, is if you make a plan on how you want to call something, it will go disastrously <laughs> wrong and bad. So your best bet is just to... Uh, let it ride. Call it as best you can, and uh, let the moment just kind of, you know, whatever roll up on you, and then you just, you just respond. You just react and respond. So that seems to have worked out okay.
0: Craig, you don't got to tell me not to prepare. I'm, I'm, I'm excellent. <laughs> This guy is never am, prepared. <laughs> I'm well. I'm well on my way there. Um, I, I want to spring something on you, and I, I hope I'm not catching you by surprise. But I just got an email uh, that the uh, the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame, of which you are a member. Uh, just announced its 2020 class. Uh, I know you and okay. I... Uh, I believe you... Uh, and, and as a member... You've been a long-time voter, too. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so you and I you and I are both voters for the Texas High School Ball Hall of Fame. They announced their class. Uh, 1950s and before, uh, Charlie Taylor from Grand Prairie-Dalworth. 1960s, Chuck Dykus from Garland. 1970s, Eric Dickerson from Sealy. 1980s, Tyrone Thurman from Midland Lee. 1990s, David Warren from John Tyler. Uh... 2000s Danny Amendola from the Woodlands, uh, two members of the Eddie Joseph coach category, Chad Morris from Bay City and Lake Travis, and Dan Hooks from West Orange Stark, and the Dave Campbell contributor to the Game Award, uh, which is the, what, which is how you're in the Hall of Fame, goes to Joe Martin of the THS of the Texas High School Coaches Association, the THSEA. Uh, I think I'm breaking some news to you, so I guess I, guess I want to just get your, your overall instant reaction to that.
3: Uh, not surprised by any one uh, uh total there or result i i kind of figured that it would go that way just about across the board it it pretty closely matched uh my ballot mm-hmm. pretty closely uh but it's uh but absolutely not one single result out of that surprised me and and all very well-deserving guys too there's no question about it uh i I, I put it this way i don't think any of us we're going to be surprised to see eric dickerson get in the mm. hall of fame <laughs> yeah. so so no, no no surprises out of that is all at all and all of them very, very deserving.
0: Absolutely, it's it's a. Uh, if, you, if you're interested, the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony is going down in May 2nd down there in Waco. Okay, so on the Texas high school football, uh, the the week that was in, in Texas high school football, uh, and and I guess what I'll do is is you know I think that sometimes um, you get this opportunity that there's a, there's a nice handle on everything that you can you can you can grab onto and and take it at face value based on what you see from this group of games. We last week we had six. Matchups of Undefeateds across the state. And I'll run them down, and I want to know which one of these, which, which result of these stands out to you. Was it Decatur's win over Springtown? Was it uh, Frisco Lone Star's win over The Colony? Was it Shiner's win over Weimer? A&M Consolidated's win over Katie Pato? Wall's win over Jim Ned? Or was it Shadow Creek's win over Friendswood? Which of those, You feel free to wax poetic on, on any of them, but uh, which of those uh, particularly caught your eye?
3: well none of the victors the uh, the guys the teams that won it surprised me I was um, a little surprised by uh, the lopsided nature of consoles whenever peto but the one that really just kind of leaped off the page was, was shiner and, and an absolute domination uh, mm-hmm. in there when I, I think that and, and I know that kind of raised an eyebrow with you as well I that was incredibly impressive because, and, and I think you made a good point of this when you and I were talking yesterday, that we kind of almost take Shiner for granted a little bit or overlook them a little bit because we're looking at some of the other teams and saying, hey, you know, this team looks really good and this team looks really good. Uh, but uh, they're, they're to be taken for real as a legitimate, serious contender in 2A Division One for a state title.
0: They are bo- They are they are cruising along right now, and, and certainly look no worse than co-favorites to come out of Region Four uh, into a Division One. Uh, so now we, we enter Week Nine of of the of the Texas high school football season, and while I think it doesn't necessarily have um, the, it doesn't have the same number of matchups of undefeated, so it doesn't have that easy kind of node to grab onto. What it does have is a number of games where it feels like you have an opportunity for for teams to really step up, uh, and and take a, and take ownership of of dis- Perhaps in surprising ways. One of them is, of course, because we can't go a week without talking about our favorite district. It's 13-5A <laughs> Division Two, Pflugerville Weiss and Georgetown Eastview. And I, it strikes me, and maybe it's just because I live up here in the DFW Metroplex and you're down there in the Austin area. I feel like people around the state are not necessarily realizing what a remarkable season and journey it's been so far for Pflugerville Weiss, which now could... Could if they get a win uh, this uh, this Thursday night against Eastview, could, could put them at worst in the driver's seat for the district title?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, that district, and, and really, uh, like you say, it's one of the more fascinating districts. And I, and I would add to it this. Um, the, the, the story last year was Leander Glenn. Mm-hmm. Now, they were both first-year varsity programs. But the way that I look at it, it's almost in in how we saw um I mean, in in and you know stay with me on this a little bit, how the Florida Marlins and say, oh, I don't know, the Anaheim Angels back in the early 2000s approached going about winning World Series in different fashion, and maybe this is apropos since World Series begins tonight, but uh. The, the uh, Angels at the time, just Anaheim Angels before they added the Los Angeles thing, uh, built through the farm system. Uh, the the Marlins had the quick ramp up to try to win a a, a, a World Series with the signing of free agents. Uh, Diamondbacks did it also in 2001. Where I'm going with this is these two programs, Glenn and Weiss, went about becoming contenders in different ways in their first two seasons of R.C. program. Uh, You know, Glenn ramped up and had a senior class, so they became instant contenders, and lo and behold, the Grizzlies wind up sharing a district title in their first season of R.C. competition. Now, there are people going, yeah, well, Shadow Creek got all the way to state championship," and that's true, Mm -hmm. and and, and of course they benefited, obviously, from uh, that that treasure trove of talent down there in the Mandel area, uh, clearly. Uh, So they were building from scratch, really, at Glenn, and they were, you know, pulling from Leander High, a little bit from Rouse to get it, but they had a senior class, and Rob Schaempel, who'd been on that state championship staff of Carl Apseks at Cedar Park prior to, knew how to build, and he had a senior class, so they succeeded. Weiss could have waited until the next realignment to come around because they weren't going to have a senior class, but Tommy Altman and his crew said, no, 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 we're going to go ahead take our lumps, build uh, toward our senior class. Well, they took their lumps. They went 0-10 a year ago without a senior class. It was to be expected. So now with a senior class, they're reaping the benefits not only of having seniors, but guys who were in there and were taking their lumps last year. Now, to be certain, they pulled a surprise or two along the way in the playoffs. I mean, in the uh, regular season headed toward the playoffs. But they built for this moment. And that's why it's a really cool story with what they've done and you're right they went and put it this way if they win this game against Eastview which will not be easy Hmm. Eastview dropped that close game to Glenn last week uh, but if they do win it it does uh, set up (laughs) the showdown on the final Friday night of the regular season between Weiss and Brenham uh, for the district title so it's, it's a fascinating story of two programs each of whom have gone about it in different ways and in Glenn's case hey they didn't suffer for it either uh, they win uh, on uh, Friday night uh, against Marble Falls, and they'll make it back-to-back trips to the playoffs in their first two years as a varsity program. So that's a great story as well. So it's just an interesting contrast and in how these teams have built to the point where they're now both contending for playoff spots and, in Weiss's case, a district
0: title. It's Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF today uh, All right, Craig. There is another. Um, there's an off the field happening uh, going on on Friday that I think is, is 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 an appropriate measure of high school football nerddom, which is it's snapshot day. It's UIL Snapshot Day. For those who don't know, that's when the schools around the state have to turn in their enrollment numbers to the UIL, and th- that is in in many ways the beginning of the realignment process. And if you want to even extrapolate it further, it's kind of the first day of the 2020 football season. If you really want to get if you really want to get into it like that, uh, so I, I feel like. So, for example, I feel like there's different levels of nerddom, right? There's, there's the you level, are at the highest the, of which. Well, no, <laughs> I would disagree with you because I would say that Matt Stepp is at the highest That's of this. That's fair. You might be one Because step Matt Stepp is the one who's going to be gathering all these numbers and pouring over them and stuff like that. There's a sub-level of nerddom that I feel like I occupy <laughs> where it, it, it is like, I'm interested in this but I want to see the top line. I want somebody to kind of tell me, I want to pay attention to it, but there's that. And then there's there's normal people who don't pay attention to it at all and say, wake me up in, in February. Where on that scale of nerdery do you fall on a day like Snapshot Day?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm on the nerd spectrum. I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> that, 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 that there's no question. Here, here's, here's to the level I'm at. First of all, I understand Snapshot Still, and, and by the way, did you have to talk Step into coming down for that uh, Eastview-Weiss game, or was that just on his own decided he, that that was the best Thursday night uh, contest
0: to be at? He, he, is, he is going to be down there at the, at the Eastview-Weiss game. Uh, he's very excited about it. He, he's doing it not only because he it's a really good game, but also because he has to show up Danny Davis, of the Austin-American statesman, who claims he never comes to Austin. That's why.
3: That's true. They have some weird little they, have, they, have a, they have odd relationships with two of those guys. But uh, But to your point uh the yeah i'm 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 really into the snapshot thing as well to to the nerd level that it would be really cool to actually be there at the time that the actual snapshot of a given school is taken and to see the reaction of the coaches or the athletic directors involved with that mm-hmm. and 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 this is where you and i come in step i mean, or not cap uh, not step uh but step could be included in this as well this is where you and i come in you know a lot of those snapshots the way they do that We've seen it uh, is uh, oh I don't know I'll give you a random number twenty nine eighty eight point five <laughs> I think you you me and step are all the point fives involved there with that if we would be the point yeah. fives if I had attended high school in the state of Texas I'd have been a point five I sincerely believe you were a point five when you were at Coppell so you know there's there's some there, the, you know, all of that minutia that goes into that, and and I think you've probably said, I know I have, the point five, and somebody says, how can you be point point five of a student? You know, there's a there's a famous episode of the Andy Griffith Show where Andy's trying to teach Opie about uh, you know underprivileged children, and he talks about a ratio of of. Uh, Three point one to one, or something. He says, "Boy, what a what a what a unfortunate kid." He goes, "What kid?" Horatio, not Horatio, Horatio of a half a boy. He goes, "You need to just forget about that." He goes, "I will, Paul, but it's pretty hard to forget a half a boy." So you know the the, the point of the deal is that you know we've seen this point five point five come through with a difference. Mm-hmm. Of Division One or Division three, Uh Division Two, uh, and and really to the point of, uh, do we go any further than Cy Fair? You know, by mm-hmm. one full student, they become Division Two and win a state championship. Uh, going in the Division Two bracket a couple years back, so it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's an important thing. Now, how goofy and nerdy you want to get about it is up to you individually. <laughs> we choose to tip the spectrum that way. I don't think there's any question about that.
0: He's, Texas, he's the Texas High Hall of Famer and a proud nerd, uh, Craig Way. Uh, listen to his fine work on the horn in Austin and, of course, uh, hear him on the uh, the Texas radio, or Texas radio call uh, on Saturday uh, up in Fort Worth. But you can also find him on Fox Sports Southwest as the co-host of High School Scoreboard Live at 11 o'clock. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday night.
3: The highest levels of nerddom will come in two weeks <laughs> when you and I mm. and Steph are breaking down point differentials, tiebreakers, mm-hmm. and coin flips of the of the likes I've seen in the past, and others. That's where it really gets interesting.
1: I, I will prepare myself for that.
0: It's a wonderful time of year. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> <Greg,
3: laughs> Ready? It's
1: coming. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. There he goes, Craig White, the
0: All Texas right. High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Yes, so Snapshot Day, if you didn't know, is on Friday. So we will have coverage of that on texasfootball.com. Matt Seth's going to be collecting numbers from all across the state. We will have some really interesting... We'll have our first look at where these teams are going to be, uh, which teams are moving up, which teams are moving down, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so it's going to be a very, very interesting day on Friday uh, for Snapshot Day. We will probably... I'll be honest, we'll probably touch on it on Friday's show. But we'll have more of a breakdown of it on uh, Monday's show, and then, of course, on the what'll end up being next week's Tap and Step, our premium high school podcast. But anyway, Snapshot Day is on Friday, and now we go to Ashley Pickle from America's second favorite segment: Final Thoughts.
1: I hate every single time you say second. It just hurts my heart. But, um, okay, so this one actually was a question that came in last Friday that we didn't have a chance to answer. No, it's a good question, and I feel really bad because we didn't have a chance to answer it, and I realized that I saved it in my notes. Uh, Jacob John said, is there any dead rivalries that you would like to see renewed in the Texas high school football ranks? Hmm. I really want to know your answer to that one. That's why I saved it, and I didn't remember. I saved it until today.
0: Off the top of my head... You know, most. Uh, I, I. I obviously this is probably in reference to like the fact that Texas and A and M don't play anymore. Although Kansas and Missouri are going to renew their basketball rivalry. Right, if, if you're interested in that, mm, that's which one. only I am. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 good thing is that what happens is that the, normally rivalries are are built through playing in district play. Right. You've been in the district for a long time, but then you start separating and going your separate ways. Um, this is a. Um, uh, but the good thing is that in Texas high school f- football, the majority of coaches uh, are of the opinion that, you know what, we just need to play that game. Like we need to, um, you know, we need to make sure that we, we, we come together and, and, and play that game because um, it, it's it's important for, for everybody involved. Uh, to wit, um, there are some teams, there are some, some rivalries that have gone dormant simply because um there are and i'm trying to find i used to have a list of the games that have been played most 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 but i can't find it anymore um unfortunately i'm not going to be able to answer that today uh but but the biggest thing that'll happen is that you'll have teams that played for years and years and years and years and years but then one team one city kept growing right Mm -hmm. and now it would represent like a 5a versus a 3a which is just not a competitive game like it's just not it's not gonna it's not gonna be that kind of thing so it's like for example uh i, I believe like southlake carroll's first state championship game or a state championship uh, i want to say was a, a 1a championship against vernon right um it, let me make sure of that yeah right, yeah in or in three they won three a 3A championship in 1998 uh 1988 against navasota in 3a it's like they have, you know, th- these giant programs that we think of as huge now used to be small. That would be the thing that I would kind of go to. It's a good question. Let me noodle on it, and I'll come up with an answer for you.
1: Yeah. Nice. Um, the only other final thought here was Hector Rio says Kansas will beat tech in all caps, market down. So I just wanted to let him know, like, we have that. We've said it out loud. So if, if he calls okay. that one correctly, we'll, we'll give him some credit for that. It's wax. Uh, yeah
0: wax that's gonna do it for us thank you for spending part of your day with us follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com thanks to shahan j raja and to craig way for being our guests for ashley pickle i'm greg tepper vince young please can get your player of the year trophy we'll see you tomorrow texas football today